Jesus. Welcome to Clerically Speaking. My name is Father Dan Folvachna, a.k.a. at Father Rocket Dan. And joined uh, with me, as always, is Father Alex Schrenk. I was very disappointed that we gave away the pronunciation of your name in literally the first two seconds. Well, that's okay. Through the, through the magic of editing, nobody will know it at all. There you go. Because producer Nick really works hard on the editing. So yeah, if you haven't figured it out yet, we've got <laughs> four priests around the table. We have a very classy setup. Producer Nick is actually producing this podcast. He looks very professional. He's got his Bose headphones. I mean, he's, he's he's got the wires. He's got his Apple Mac laptop because he's a cool hip 20-something-year-old. It's called the Hipsters. Oh, the uh, Hipsters. Oh, yes. Yeah, I'm 35, so I'm not a hipster. We're actually teaching uh, Father Harrison a lot of things because he's in a real country for the first time. Yes, yeah, so it's, it's really weird. It's like, oh, this is what land is like. Okay. Yeah, yep. It's not. It's, yeah. So <laughs> speaking of which, since he's in Western Pennsylvania, uh, Father Alec gave us this great story of a little bit of uh, Western Pennsylvania culture. Do you feel comfortable sharing this now? Oh, yeah. I'm actually, I mean, it's one of the many strange things that I haven't yet shared with everyone on, on Twitter, you know, about myself. Excellent. So, excellent. So you won't get the likes and retweets, but you'll help our podcast. So I appreciate that. I, I hereby sacrifice this amazing story to your podcast. What a generous guy. <laughs> Super generous. Amazing. Part of a servant. Mm -hmm. Kenosis. In, in, We're in, just kenosing all over this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That'd make a great like subheading for our podcast. No thing all over the internet. <laughs> I, I don't know how great marketing is. That good marketing? Is, I don't know. Is Nick pressing the delete button? <laughs> no, he's he's just grimacing. <laughs> so anyway, okay. So so we have a little thing here. Although it's it's not just a Western Pennsylvania thing. It's it's actually a it's a it's a United States thing. But I'm I'm happy to be a participant in this culture. It's called squatching. 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 Mm. So, uh, is squatching for, short for anything? It is, yeah. So for Canadians and other foreigners who might be among us listening to this podcast, uh, squatching is short for Sasquatching, uh, which of course refers to, to Sasquatch, otherwise known as Bigfoot. There we go. Would you say that that's a portmanteau of Sasquatch and watching? <laughs> that's what I was wondering. That's what I thought when you said the word squatching. Well, I, um, yeah, I never critically thought about that, but you're probably correct. <laughs> <laughs> the grammar of squatching isn't a big part of it. Yeah, that was never, we never went over that when I was getting my orientation to the thing. So, uh, you know, sasquatching, uh, squatching, uh, you basically go out in the woods, you camp out in the woods at night. And, uh, you know, I went a few times with a friend of mine who uh, is from, uh, you know, the, the country, if, if you will. You know, I'm not really from the country. You know, we have like... Uh, <laughs> Believe it or not. Yeah. <laughs> We have, um, I'm pronouncing You're all from the hood, right? I'm pronouncing all the consonants in my words, or at least most of them, so you can tell, you know. Uh, <laughs> which part was <laughs> We've just alienated, like... No, no, guys, keep going, keep going. It's, yeah, no, we're just going to There's going to be more of that. Just it's to okay, it's okay. No, I'm a Pittsburgher, so I certainly do not speak correct English. But, uh, so we're out in the woods, you know, and, and the, the sort of, the first few times I did this, it, it was really indistinguishable from normal camping. Um, you know, that we were just basically... Uh, out in the woods at night and uh and what you do all the normal things that you would you make a fire you know you set up camp and all that stuff but then there were some some sort of strange rituals that also occurred uh you know in the course of our evening camping and so the first thing that we did was uh, we would take two you know hefty sticks that we would forge from among the underbrush mm -hmm. and we would then strike them together repeatedly uh and so it makes a sort of like a like a rhythmic uh, percussive noise? Uh -huh. Are we going to get it? <laughs> I th way louder, louder than that? Way louder than that. Can... 
Yeah, that's that's good. Yeah, it's more like that. Without the clinking of glass, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, no, they probably have scotch in the woods, right? I mean, no, priests don't drink. Scotch. No, we don't drink. <laughs> right, sorry, no. Scotch tape, you meant. Yeah, I mean, yeah, join, sorry, join sorry. my root beer. We bring a bunch of Diet Coke out there and go to town. <laughs> So, you know, so we have uh, some sticks and we're hitting it together in the woods. And apparently that's like a very typical primate behavior. Um, and so this was one of the things that that was how, that's just how it was explained to me. And then another thing we do is we, um, we make squash calls, uh, which uh, I refused to do earlier this evening. Because I was afraid that your you neighbors might be. I've done it before. I could join you. Would you like to? Yeah. Okay. You got to start off that. We're waiting with bated breath. With, like, we're waiting with bated breath. Right, right, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you got it. Yeah. Dandy Antonio taught you all the tricks. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> Five, three, two, one. Oh! <laughs> yeah, that's poor Nick's ears. <laughs> that is literally the THX sound. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You've been Wait, bamboozled. Whoa, 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 hold on a second. Time out, time out, time out. Yeah. THX sound from Lucasfilms. Who invented Star Wars? Who invented the Wookiee? I go Bigfoot. Bigfoots are Wookies. No, I, I think they're actually less... getting the chain of derivation backwards. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. so much that he invented Star Wars as he discovered this pre-existing history. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. No, I, I so the point of this this call and this ritual is you are trying to see. We are trying to attract the um, the presence of Sasquatch, which is a an extremely it's a crypto. Um, zoological pursuit. So <laughs> we are out in the woods, and there are these large primates that exist out in you know the deeper parts of the of the woods, <laughs> and we are trying to attract their presence. They're obviously extremely stealthy. They have not yet been detected by um, traditional. How long science. have how long have people been squatching? I'm curious about this. Um, well, uh, you know, I'm sure that even. Uh, as far back as America has been a nation. That Absolutely. Yeah, there's um, Sasquatch, of course, is, is not a word of Indo-European origin. Harrison, Father Harrison. <laughs> <laughs> you can just edit that out where yeah. I call, call him by the familiar name. Yeah, good. So you do all the, you do whoa, all whoa, the, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not familiar, I'm not familiar here. So, so you, do, you do all the rituals and then what? Um, and then we would, I mean, the first two times I did, then we just went to sleep. And, <laughs> that yeah, was it. Okay. And that was it. So, so, but I did have an experience which is leading me to, um, has led me to a, a greater appreciation of the pursuit, okay. uh, which was uh, an experience that I cannot explain. Um, I refuse to draw any concrete conclusions from this experience, um, but I will, I will just simply tell you what happened. So, one evening, we were out in the woods in a, in a part of the woods that uh, we had never been in before. This is in Armstrong County, Pennsylvania. And uh, it was, for some reason, we decided to, to do these things like when it's January. So we're out and it's snowing. Um, you know, there's actually snow laying on the ground. There's very good visibility around our campsite because mm -hmm. of the reflectiveness of the snow, right? And so we're around the campfire and uh, it was around midnight and we hear this uh, very strange sound. To me, it sounded most like a timpani drum that was sort of just going off in the background. It was like a dump, dump, dump. Dumb. And so my first thought was, it's a woodpecker, right? But that's... What kind of a sound does a woodpecker make? It's something I'm much more curious. like... <laughs> uh, I did that much better the first time I modeled it for you. Like a... Oh, there, we go. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Yeah, I did it correctly. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was more like a Wookiee, though. I don't know. Actually, Wookiees are just Canadian woodpeckers. Oh, is that what it is? Oh, that's it. Interesting. So, so it you sounded... say Wookiees are the true Canadians. Yes. Okay. 
I'll buy that. It sounded nothing like that. <laughs> okay. It just sounded it sounded like someone was hitting a drum outside of like our just outside of the campsite. We couldn't see anything going on. And then after about 30 seconds of standing stock still while this was going on because it was very loud, very noticeable, interrupted our conversation. Uh, it suddenly went into double time, just like bump, 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 right? And so we're like, this is the moment. This is when we're going to be massacred in the woods. Yeah. We didn't tell anyone where we were going. Those are the war drums. <laughs> yeah. It was very much like a scene from The Lord of the Rings, and we were about to be set upon by, like, the orc horde, right? Yeah, the like, Sasquatch horde. Yes. Yeah. Potentially more terrifying than an orc horde. However, nothing, nothing happened. Um, it just stopped. It just ceased. So we then immediately scoured the woods to the best of our ability, trying to figure out what it was. Like, was there a bird in the trees? Was there even worse, like a human being that was out just there? Just creeping around Just your creeping, campsite. watching us in the dark. That Ugh. was the worst possible. Was it the Blair Witch? It could have been the Blair Witch. Because hmm. Blair Witch I didn't is see from that Pennsylvania, movie. right? I didn't see that movie, though. Is that what? in Pennsylvania? Yeah, I thought it was Pennsylvania. Wasn't it Pennsylvania? I was like eight when that movie came out. You, you didn't see it when you were eight? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably for the best. I, was I, I do remember school. jealous yes. of like all the kids who saw Anaconda when it came out. <laughs> oh, wow, yeah. <laughs> all the cool kids got to watch the excellent movie. Yeah, Anaconda. there I was watching like, you know, Looney Tunes or whatever. Veggie Tales. Yes. That's why I'm such a good person. Though. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Okay, then what happened? Okay, so, and then, I mean, we went to, to sleep. There was no other option. We couldn't camp out of there, you know, or pack up a camp and then leave. You mm -hmm. know, it was just not, a, not an option. So uh, we went to sleep, you know, very, very sort of shaken by the experience. Yeah. And then about three hours into the, into the evening, into the early morning, that is, uh, we were awoken by the sound of uh, coyotes. Okay, which is which, normal. It's normal, yeah. It's not unheard of by any means, but it's uh, within the sort of squatching lore. It's taken as a as a sign of, of the Sasquatch approaching. Oh, so the coyotes are like running away from Sasquatch. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, because they fear Sasquatch. Obviously. Yeah, as you would. Yeah. So uh, so we hear the coyotes, and then you know they make a sort of like yippy sound. You know, like they're just. What does like, it sound like? Yip yip. <laughs> that's that so terrifying. I'm actually gonna grade my. I'm gonna give that like a two out of ten. But uh, you know, I'm, I bet you could. Anyone at home could just YouTube that and just figure out what a, what what coyotes actually sound like because I was not at all like it. <laughs> okay. But a totally different sound. Just take my word for this. Totally different sound comes out over the coyote sound, mm -hmm. and uh, it was like a sort of like you know, uh, primate ululation, like a sort of like. Whoa. Like that yeah. was, yeah. <laughs> sort of, uh, yeah, just like that. All right. Okay. Um, okay. So then we go back to sleep because once again, what other option do you have in a situation like yeah. that? Right. How about prayer? <laughs> um, Did you pray against the Sasquatch? I actually do recall praying several Hail Marys, if not a full rosary, throughout this experience because Which it was Hail very Marys. frightening at the time. Yeah. Who would you say is the patron saint of protection against Sasquatch attacks? <laughs> Who's the hairiest saint? Uh, uh, Saint Mary question. Magdalene wasn't she always shown like sort of like with her hair all the way? Was she? John yeah. the Baptist. Oh, John the Baptist. Yeah. Camel's hair, right? But Camel's that was, hair. That was external hair. Yeah, but it, it was like added on. You don't want yeah, like but, internal. Hair. I'm sorry. If Sasquatch is coming at me, I'm praying to Saint Michael. That's what I'm doing. Okay. So that's fair. I mean, <laughs> that's fair. So actually, do you remember? Um, oh man, I'm not gonna remember his name. Uh, he's a super generic. Paul Johnson, I think, is his name. Okay. Professor Paul Johnson. He was a professor at Duquesne University in the 
chemistry department? I did not take chemistry. I didn't either. But I don't I believe in science, so it's yeah. like, yeah, what are you going to do? And that's I, why we're Sasquatching. Amen. I was forced into like a single astronomy course in, in college. That was like the only science thing mm -hmm. I had. But this guy, um, uh, he was... Uh, He's, he's prominent within the cryptozoology community ah. because he uh, <laughs> has actually done a few like actual scientific papers based on like his theory of what the Sasquatch would be. God bless academia. Right. I love it. His theory is that Sasquatch is his theory is that Sasquatch is a quantum animal. A quantum animal. Yeah. Well, so, so do if it's cryptoscience, do they use cryptocurrency? Um, if they oh, did, yeah. then they would probably be very wealthy from having done so okay so you go to sleep impression that they are you go to sleep after crazy sounds sounds of yeah um like wood hitting together mm -hmm. and what it sounds like very similar to our sasquatch call yes that's what i'm hearing and then and then at around six o'clock this is like the third sign the third event mm -hmm. during the evening the third we secret, hear, if you will ah, if you will yes. what was revealed to us was a sound of sticks hitting together across this frozen rushing creek that we were camping next to. Mm -hmm. So it was sort of more distant, but it was similar. It was like at a similar, like even, you know, if you hear like branches hitting against each other in the woods, it's going to be sort of irregular. Sure. It's going to be, you know, this seemed like purposeful or something. This was, at, it was like a rhythm, mm -hmm. you know, you just don't hear that. Typically you don't hear that in, in nature. And that, that was sort of the last thing. So what's your what's your I'm gonna what's your opinion on Sasquatch existence thereof? I think that there are weird things in the woods. Mm -hmm. I think that you go out in the woods at night, and uh, and who knows what you're going to encounter. Um, I don't think that everything in the world has been described by science. Mm -hmm. um, I also think that from a spiritual perspective, you know, we live in a country that we really don't know the history of it. Mm -hmm. uh, that there were native peoples. Uh, in this in this land that had certain religious practices that had burial sites that had whatever might be out there yeah um, that is actually totally unknown to us okay and so who knows what's out there in the woods so I've got a question for Father Dan is Sasquatch friendly is Sasquatch friend or foe and remember it's Friday friend no beefing on Fridays no beefing on Fridays yeah. <laughs> excellent excellent Bravo. I'm not going to beef so, with Sasquatch today I did a little research during the story. So I forgot. So Blair Witch was in Maryland, not not Pennsylvania. Okay, I thought it was Pennsylvania. That's the other side of the. Interesting note, though. I I remember I was in high school when this movie came out, and it was it was it was a freaky movie when I saw it. They did this on a sixty thousand dollar budget, and it made two hundred and sixty million dollars worldwide. It's like one of the most profitable films of all time. Good for them. It's a great movie. Amazing. It's a lot of fun. Be a model for this podcast. What I really like about this podcast so far is that producer Nick is holding up various signs for us. And I think he held up one earlier that was meant to tell us that we were about 13 minutes in, but it looked like he just held up a sign that said bin. <laughs> I know, exactly. Yes, that's what I was it looked like it said bin. And I thought I, he was I literally read it bin. Yeah. I, okay, so I, I read bin too. I was like, bin? What, yeah. what, what's bin? What this is all about? bin garbage. Man, nobody should be this is amazing. Nick, you should, you should live produce every single podcast in our own. We're going to make you do that. We pay you enough, don't we? Anyway. <laughs> he actually bought us pizza. He bought us dinner. <laughs> He's letting us stay at his house. I mean, like, <laughs> it's a great deal for him. There you go. There's some. There's it's some... the spiritual blessings that really matter. Yeah. So going from uh, <laughs> one kind of culture to another, this is my best attempt at a segue. I want to talk a little bit about um, the reason why we even know each other is because of social media. Yeah. I mean, I knew Father Alec. We were in the same diocese. We went to yeah. seminary together. But you guys just you found. You guys didn't meet on Twitter. 
No, no. Though we do still, now we do tweet more to each other than we do actually speak to each other, right. even though we've lived in the same place for... Hey, can you bring me fresh towels? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Um, I don't do that for Father Anthony. No, no. When he was a seminarian, I would make him do things, but now it's like, you know... Now you're a brother. Exactly. No longer a slave, but friend. Mm -hmm. This is clericalism. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> clericalism is what we're doing to producer Nick. That's what clericalism exactly. is. There's your definition. <laughs> so, wait, but wait, before we segue, yeah, yeah. can we share with the people, because... You were gifted a, a very nice item that you were trying out today, weren't you? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I was gifted um, a little um, Super Nintendo emulator thing. So it looks like a little Super Nintendo. This is from uh, Sean McAfee. He sent it to me. And so it has like all of the Super Nintendo games and basically all of the uh, NES, original NES games, which is very exciting for me because I had an NES, um, but I never had a Super Nintendo. So I've been playing um, Super Punch-Out!, and then, what's the other one that I was playing? Final Fantasy IV. Oh, nice. Which is actually part of this segue, because what I should be doing right now is moving out of my rectory, finishing up final marriage paperwork. But no, I, it, we only no, did no, no, that's, no, no, that's no, no. the end of the story. Oh, he's, trying, he's, trying, he's trying to avoid uh. some important news that is worth. He's like, hey, I was like, oh, they got, they got Street Fighter II. Let, let's play. So it ended up being a best of three. I destroyed Father Harrison in the um, first round. In the first round. After that, I felt kind of guilty because he's a guest and he's not from a real country. So I took it <laughs> so, easy on him the next. I, so I chose Chen Li in the second round mm -hmm. and destroyed him. Just destroyed me. Because that power kick of Chen Li is amazing. Yep. And then in the third round, he went all out old school. He went, you went Ryu, I believe, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I went Chen Li. Those are those are awesome options in a good battle. He fought hard, but I won. Father Harrison has been baptized, he's been ordained to the ministerial priesthood, but him beating me in Street Fighter 2 is the greatest accomplishment and greatest moment of his life. It's amazing. Yeah, so I just had to get this out there for everyone to know. <laughs> Thank you. That's, that's great. I really appreciate that. So, I, it's a kind of a crazy time in the Diocese of Pittsburgh. I think we mentioned this a little bit on Clerically Speaking before, but basically all of the priests in my diocese right now are in the midst of moving to new assignments. These new assignments start Monday, right? And so one of the things I've been doing, instead of doing all of the last-minute paperwork and packing, I've been playing Super Nintendo. But and inviting friends to visit you on your last weekend. Of you guys Saturday. just showed up, let's be honest. You're just like, oh, I'm going to Pittsburgh. We're here to make sure you actually move. Oh, that's <laughs> yes. beautiful. We're, we're your bishop's uh, strong arms. That's well, actually, he is. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's much taller. Much <laughs> Father taller. Dan is very tall. Yes. So I had this meeting with my new priest team. Um, there are two other priests and one priest chaplain. And we're talking about what we want to do, what's our, um, what are our, our passions as priests. So I'm ta talking about the fact that we like preaching, teaching, that kind of thing. I would love to like minister to ministers because we're going to need lay people to take a bigger role in the parish because we just simply can't do it all. But I would like to like be their spiritual director and lead them in holy hours and you know make sure that they're doing well. It's one of the things. But one of the last things I mentioned offhandedly was that I'm kind of involved in social media and I you know do this little podcast sort of thing. And the lady who was kind of running the meeting, her eyes just like lit up. And it's like, everyone, this is very important. <laughs> because you might know about social media, but he lives in it. He was born in it. He was raised in it. <laughs> Something along those lines. Like, this is, this is an incredibly great resource for you. Well, it's interesting. So I had a similar experience today. So I'm sharing with the guys earlier. I, I'm graduating tomorrow, even though I'm not at my graduation. Yay! I'm graduating with my MTH tomorrow, and uh, 
Uh, so they interviewed me for their, Archdiocese Edmonton has this media outlet. They interviewed me about graduation, about the college. And most of the articles talking about my Twitter profile. <laughs> and they're, and then even the president, Dr. West, who's an awesome guy, he's like, oh yeah, he's really, he, he has this ability to kind of engage on a social level, but bring theology to the masses in that way. And I was like, that's really cool, right? So yeah, it's the same thing. It's like, he's, and he kind of said the same thing. Like, yeah, he's living yeah. That, that outreach through social media. Even though Father Harris doesn't have nearly as many followers as me. And I don't live in a real country. Right. I think most people follow me because really... They just feel sorry for me. Yeah, Canada's it's a it's a beautiful novelty. So, um, she said this America's hat. She said this you know thing, and immediately I was like, I don't think this is as important as you think it is, like because the assignment I'm going to is you know it's kind of like an older middle town sort of thing. Um, are there young people there? Sure, but it's you know parish isn't mostly populated by them, and I was like, part of me was like, I don't know how much this actually affects real life and how important it is. Right. So that was kind of like, because like, I do think we, we, good things have come from us being on social media. Right. Um, but sometimes I think, like, how important is this really? Right. You know, right. uh, how much does this actually affect your life? And how much of it is just this Twitter bubble community? Mm-hmm. And we're, we're kind of talking in this, like, echo chamber. And, yeah, it might be good for a few people, but, ah, like, what's the big deal? Mm-hmm. You know, that, that was a thought that I had about all of that. Yeah. So you guys have been on social media actually longer than me, at least Twitter-wise. Yeah, like you and I kind of met because of Tommy Ty, who I believe, of, I believe we have him for the end of the show, right, Producer Nick? Yeah, we have him oh, for the end okay, of the show. Oh, okay, guys, good, good. we actually have him. Yeah, so for the show. anyways, his, his uh, Catholic, <laughs> his hipster priest thing every year. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, how we started to get to know Right, him. really, the reason why any of you guys have as many followers as you do is because of me. Actually, well, it's because of me. No, 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 because... <laughs> I was violently aggressive in that Twitter yeah, campaign. <laughs> violently aggressive. And who won? You won. Yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, Father Dan, question for you, <laughs> sitting over there. How do you see like your Twitter account or your presence on social media? Has it like, is it fruitful? Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? What's kind of Speak to me, brother. Speak to me. Yeah, frankly, um, social media is very dumb. Yeah. <laughs> so I tell people all the time, I'm like, I don't know why anybody follows me. Because all I do is, as you guys well know, I just make dumb jokes and memes. Y'all are doing like these wonderful long theological, excuse me, uh, long theological <laughs> threads and topics and, you know, trying to get people to interact with you or whatever. And I'm just here to make dumb jokes. Right? Yeah, you say you make dumb jokes, but then Father Harris is over here opening up his bottle of beer very loudly and giggling to himself. So who is really the more serious priest? His bottle of root beer. Right? Yes, yeah, root beer. More root beer. Yes. Thank you to Father Alec for the root beer. Only yeah. the finest root beer. Exactly. Yeah. Here in Pennsylvania. So it's wild to me because it's not, um, I don't use social media as, to me it's not, this is something that I'm doing specifically to outreach to people. This is just something that I'm doing because I think it's fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I have, hard to believe as it may be, I have a lot of dumb thoughts that run through my head on a daily basis. Oh, and only yeah, some of them, only some of them make it onto Twitter, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, for me, it's kind of an outlet. It's kind of a way to um, have some time for jokes, have some time for fun in the midst of what can often be in parish life, as you guys know. You get caught up in 
whether it's paperwork or whether it's very serious or difficult conversations and situations or other frustrations that might happen. Now, that's not to say there aren't a lot of, uh, it's not like all my joys in ministry come from Twitter. Mm-hmm. I would say probably only about 75% of them. Really. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's a lot of wonderful, beautiful things that happen in the parish. But for me, social media is just, you know, it's not something that I'm intentionally using in any way to reach out to people. Or So when I hear stories of people who say like, hey, this dumb no sin gang meme that you guys started, it's really helped me in my prayer life. I'm like, that's ridiculous, but <laughs> cool. But that's cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but here's the thing, and this is something that I, I started to struggle with later, is because I started uh, Twitter because producer Nick would try all the time to get Gordon Ramsay to roast him. So we would tweet out these pictures of his food to Gordon Ramsay. And the thing about it, which was so great, which was, it was perfectly average food. Like, it wasn't <laughs> terrible food. It wasn't really nice food or anything like that. It was like a roast or oh, just wait. like... He some... can, so he can cook. Right, right, yeah. There, was, there wasn't a whole lot of plating involved. No, it wasn't a lot of there. plating involved. There's like a single guy making food for himself for the week and then sending like these, like with absurd captions to Gordon Ramsay. And I'm like, that's really funny. I want to join Twitter too and have fun. But after a while, you sort of realize that like, oh, I'm a priest and I'm a public person and people look to me as a priest even though sometimes, I mean, this might be another side comment, but like, I don't always see myself 100% of the time as a priest. Like when I, when I pray, I'm not, say, I'm not praying to Jesus like, oh, Jesus, I am Father Anthony. I'm just speaking to Jesus as Anthony. Now, of course, priesthood comes up and then I talk to the Lord about my priesthood. But um, and maybe that's something because I've only been two years ordained. Okay. But anyway, as all of say that, all of a sudden, like, I realize, oh, a lot of people are listening to all the things I say. Like, how much responsibility do I have now to do some kind of ministry thing mm-hmm. or what? You know, what kind of, what, what is, you know, my role in this? That's something that I've gone back and forth with quite a bit because when you are a diocesan priest, right, you're given an assignment and you're given an assignment in a parish, right? And your assignment in a parish is actually incredibly weighty when you think about it because mm-hmm. your parish is not just the people who are coming on Sunday. The parish, you are responsible, particularly if you're the pastor, you're responsible for the care of all the souls in the parish. Right? Thanks a lot for reminding me of you're this. You're absolutely welcome. You know, <laughs> you, you can carry that on your shoulders for now. How you're far away are you from your parish right now, Father Harrison? Very, very, very far. <laughs> and, you are the, and you are the pastor of those souls. So I am not... I'm actually the pastor. I'm, I'm the only one here who, who's a pastor. I've got, I've got canonical rights that you mm-hmm. guys don't, and responsibilities. Yeah. And responsibilities. <laughs> I was going to say obligations. Obligations, <laughs> weights. Yes. Millstones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. So you have the you have the care. <laughs> Not of, that my parish is a millstone. Sorry, it's the spiritual weight. <laughs> Sorry, I have to clarify that. You right spoke away. in very positively about your parishioners on the priest DM. So. <laughs> Um, so you have this this uh, responsibility not just for the folks who are coming into your church on a on a weekly basis or on a daily basis, but for everybody, right? Like I'm at a I'm in a parish where the town is thirty three thousand people. Yeah. And so there's maybe fifteen hundred who come to mass on a weekend, mm-hmm. and it's very easy to think about my responsibility as being to those people, right? Yeah. Or maybe even more broadly, you could say, well, it's maybe my responsibility is to the Catholics in this town, right? But my responsibility as a diocesan priest in a parish is to everybody, including and maybe especially to the people who are not Catholic, right? So that's my primary responsibility. And so it's very difficult at times to find that line between that's the thing that I'm ordained for, that my bishop expects for me to be focused on and working on, versus trying to think about, well, how do I care for these people who are not in my parish, who may not even be in my diocese, but for for some reason or another, 
they've become attached to this this presence on social media. I don't really know exactly how to navigate that question all the time. Yeah, yeah. So for me, it, I, I've had my Twitter account for years, and it just it kind of just hovered for a long time. And I got I got onto it when I was on my mission year in seminary, and um, just more it was it, for me. Twitter is a, a new source. It's really how it started off, and but I started following Catholic people. I, I still remember like, the two people I've I've followed for the longest are Sister Helena Burns and Tommy Ty. Who we have on the show later, um, so I I've been, you know I'm following for years, right? And then it's like I don't through a series of different tweets, suddenly you start getting all these followers that you're just like, wait, wait, whoa, what's going on here? And you're right, like it's, it's you have to balance this out because really, like I say to I say to people like I I actually had to close my DMs down. Not I don't it's not that I don't love talking to the people out there. It's just it was starting to get in the way of actually my pastoral responsibilities. I am yeah. not ordained. I'm not ordained for Twitter, right? Yeah. But something both of you guys have mentioned now, Yeah. Um, and maybe, uh, Alec, you can comment on this. It seems like there's, like, a need out there. Yeah. Because, like, we get, like, a lot of questions about, um, you know, Father said this to me in the confessional. Am I, am I forgiven? Or this right. happened at Mass. Or people have said, you know, I don't feel comfortable going to my priest. Right. Or um, when Father Dan opens his Curious Cat and people ask him all these questions, many of which should be directed to a spiritual director. And you do a great job navigating that, by the way. Very impressive. Everyone else should close their Curious Cat because it is pure vanity. Anthony, thank you. That's the nicest thing anyone has ever said to me. Thank you. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. So, like, there's this, there's, there's some sort of, like, need out there, which is actually I find kind of distressing that people feel more comfortable, not that, I'm not discouraging them from doing this, but that they feel more comfortable talking to a priest online than like mm -hmm. their own fathers. Right. Because your pastor is your spiritual father. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's like troublesome. I think that, you know, it's the same sort of impulse that would lead people sometimes to maybe go to confession at a parish that's like an hour away from where they live. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think you can understand that, you know, if you happen to know a, a priest very well and you don't want him to think less of you in the confessional you're afraid that the personal dynamic is going to be a part of that or god forbid if, if you've had bad experiences you know in your in your parish with a certain priest you know that you're going to look for some third party and i i think that it's you know my my personal sort of examination of conscience as far as you know how do i justify really spending so much time on twitter and i'm not interested in, in adding up how much time it is total it doesn't feel like a lot but uh you know to say um you know would i rather that catholic priests were not on twitter and the answer to that is no right i would rather that they be there yeah yeah you know i would rather that we have a presence um given that there's so many other voices of the world out there um, that it does tend to be a sort of open resource for people. And then you do see the good that has been done in so many cases, you know, where people have been able to address a question or to have just some small doubt resolved. You know, obviously there's very little you can do with resolving a really complex situation via Twitter or any sort of mm -hmm. right. internet messaging, yeah. you know, short of a, of a per I mean, one of the things about being a priest is also just learning how little sometimes that you can do even in an actual personal encounter. Right. Yeah. You know, you're not here to actually solve people's problems in their lives. Mm -hmm. You know, right. you simply have to let God do that, you know, and, and maybe give people the tools to, to work things out themselves as well. Yeah. But um, 
you know, I, I, I think that when it comes down to would you rather the, the church, you know, and, and her priests have, have a presence on this medium or not, I look at figures like Fulton Sheen, you know, and these great sort of media figures who, who have been out there and, and sort of on the forefront of, of media, and the church has always been, you know, responding in that way. Yeah. And this is, uh, you know, the new frontier of media, and it is very much hashtag new evangelization. Beautiful. Right. So, but this, this raises a question for me then, because it's like, at the same time, we, we talk about this, I mean, it's been the common thread of our discussions, but we're diocesan priests. Our responsibility is not to, like, the internet. Right? We're not ordained for the internet. We are ordained for a bishop in a diocese, and that's our primary responsibility. And I think, and I do think, I think we work really hard to try and keep that as a balance, because you're never, no priest, I don't care how holy they are, are going to give literally every second of their life to their parish because oh, you it's couldn't. just, you couldn't, right? And, and, I, and I, I find a lot of beautiful and positive things about Twitter. That I'm, like, I'm really grateful for the, these, these, for the three of you and the others who are going to join us over the weekend, yeah. right? Dan, Dan's making a face. Father Dan's making a face. But, what was that face? But, 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 I'm just going to say, Father Harrison, are you telling me, are you trying to say that St. Jean Vianney, the Cure de Al, did <laughs> That was a pretty good French, by the way. <laughs> did not dedicate his entire life to his parish? Well, he did. But he has to eat. Well, and he, actually, and, no, he just ate moldy potatoes. <laughs> and he would read. And he would we were and he'd go, and he'd go for walks, you he know? He was in the confessional for 18 hours a day. I know. So. And, and you was, only have confessions on Saturday, don't you? And Sundays. Oh, and Sundays. And, before, and, and on first Fridays for an hour. On first Fridays. What about, okay, actually, that's not bad. And I'm, I always tell people I'm all, and people pop in all the time for confession whenever I'm around, yeah. so I'm happy to. But no, but, you know, it's something Father Dan brought up months ago and it was this idea of like well should there be a like essentially should there be a religious order out there for internet evangelization yeah and then you know the um what's it i don't want to mess up their name the daughters of saint paul yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so they kind of are involved media in this. sisters yeah they're but, media sisters but there's also something i think very diocesan about priests being on social media because mm -hmm. part of what our charism is is to be out where you know we're secular priests who are out there in the world and mm -hmm. there's something that kind of, I think, makes sense about a secular priest, a diocesan priest, being out there on the internet. So it, something about that like kind of clicks for me. Right. That's fair. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I, I would once again it. point to the sort of rich precedent of this. Right. You know, you've had like radio programs with like here in Pittsburgh, we had um, like the Rosary program in Butler. <laughs> it's not really a program. I, I uh, contacts. I recorded the rosary once in a in a recording studio. It plays every Sunday in Butler. Uh, I am the voice. I am the voice of the most holy rosary in Butler County. Every Sunday. Hey, better you than me. Your voice is much more radio ready. <laughs> so, uh, but you know, I mean, there is a, a here in Pittsburgh. We had a very famous uh, radio priest, Father James Cox. Um, who was also involved politically in a way that is actually no longer canonically possible uh, for priests. <laughs> mm -hmm. But, um, you know, th there's been this sort of, you know, when it comes to what is a parish today in the 21st century, mm. I think it's not nearly as well-defined as, um, I mean, you know, the actual definition is certainly well-defined. You know, but I think as a church, we're also sort of exploring what it means. You know, people are so much more mobile today than they used to be. You know, you have people who... Um, you know, you commonly go from parish to parish. People of our generation, the younger generation, tend yep. to just sort of go wherever is convenient. They're not as, typically you don't see a young person say like, this is my pew at the 10 o'clock mass at such and such a parish that my grandfather built, you know, you know, which is, yeah. I, I actually don't mean in any way to disparage the mentality because I think there's one something wonderful about that sort of rhythmic, instinctual faith yeah. that our uh, grandparents, you know, often uh, show so strongly. But mm -hmm. 
you know, the idea of being tied to a specific geographical area. Um, it's kind of going by the wayside. It is. And, you know, I'm not saying that we need, I think we need to um, find some sort of way to revitalize it, but we're going to do that, um, you know, maybe in a way that sort of reimagines what it means to be uh, a parish priest and, right. and to be connected to that parochial territory. Right. There's something else. Oh, you were going to say something? Yeah, I was going to say, I think that the, the common thread in, in all of that is that it's it's in one of the documents, right? Let's just say, let's just pretend it's in Pastoris Dabo right? <laughs> Yeah, how, don't check it. Just believe Dan. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, okay. um, clericalism. <laughs> clericalism speaking. <laughs> That's the name of this podcast. <laughs> is that the humanity of the priest is meant to be a bridge to Christ, right? Mm -hmm. And so that is the thing, for better or for worse, that you can see on social media, right? Mm -hmm. Now, again, it's always sort of distilled and, and more concentrated on social media because this is the thing that gives people, um, you know, anxiety and, and causes people to suffer in life is that they see on social media all these wonderfully curated posts about how amazing everybody's life is, right? And so that's one aspect of it. But if you use it in a way that is um, real and allows people to see, like, yeah, these are my interests and these are the kinds of things that I think are funny. Uh, and yes, as a, as a priest, I still have a very odd sense of humor, right? And maybe that matches up with your sense of humor, and that's great. You know, then we can have that uh, bond that will help us go over that bridge to Christ together. But it's not going to work for everybody, yeah, right? Yeah. So not everybody's going to have the same sense of humor. Not everybody's going to have the same interests. And not everybody is mm -hmm. going to want to, frankly, see a human and weak side to their priest. Sometimes that's the thing. As much as people will say, right, like, oh, I really just want Father to be like a regular guy. That's what we like uh, uh, so much. Actually, don't want that. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah. they want you really to be uh, Christ, which um, we try to do, sure, but we don't always uh, succeed. And so I think it, it's a good thing too for people to see, like, yeah, Father uh, apologized to somebody online, right? right? Because he was getting carried away in an argument or whatever. Yeah. yeah well, some things that you brought up, um, and talking about the no sin game. Which is a ridiculous parody of... No sin, gang? <laughs> chicken! <laughs> Anybody doing any sins today? Um, but with that and the humanity side, um, how much humor is a part of what mm -hmm. we do on social media? Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's a good thing, but it also can be like a very difficult thing. Right. Because I think in any, any good like, humor, there's, there's truth being spoken. So the, the, like, the truth in the no sin gang is this kind of like... Everybody, we're sticking together. We're trying to be holy. Now, obviously, and and Father Dan would know this. Obviously, is that holiness is more than just not sinning. Right. But this is kind of like a approachable, casual way to actually talk seriously about um, our holiness. Uh, but it's tough when we kind of use our humor or we say something kind of offhanded, and like people like just don't get it. Mm -hmm. And then part of me thinks like, oh no, should I even do this if I'm gonna like. Scandalize people, which, which, what you know, what I write is what I think is obviously a joke. Right. Like if, like, or if people just assumed, which I would hope they would, that I'm striving to be a faithful priest and I want to teach everything the Catholic Church teaches. Like we take promises and stuff, and we, you know, mm -hmm. so like if you come, but a lot of times people right now, and because there's there's a lot of mistrust in the priesthood right now, people don't assume the best in you. So when you make a joke, and people take it out of context. Mm -hmm. That gets me sometimes worried about like how much of myself can I really be? Should I be? Yeah. So it brings up a lot of kind of interesting. I I, I just lost one of my ideas already. It was right there. I was like, oh yeah, this is really good. It wouldn't no. be a podcast unless you lost one of your ideas. Though. That's exactly. It's exactly. <laughs> um, 
you're this yeah this this idea though about like having that sense of humor and, and trying to be yourself and, and as a bridge people don't get don't kind of always understand the joke or whatever sometimes i recognize like i do see like a, you have like a generational difference for example oh yeah, yeah and some people just don't get sarcasm and sarcasm admittedly is really hard to communicate through text mm-hmm. um so but it's there and i mean but at the same time, we're recognizing like that we wouldn't be ha- people wouldn't be following us if we were uh, if we if this wasn't part of who we were right like like there's something it's about I, I think it's like like Father Dan's point about like our humanity right is really important but that you know Jesus laughed. <laughs> Yeah, that's not in the Bible, Father. Uh, oh well, yeah. tradition. Just that he wept. Aren't you Catholic? <laughs> Don't you believe in tradition? Jesus only wept, right. and then he was angry and he flipped tables. No, I've seen the picture of Jesus laughing. Oh uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh. Well, it was at a wedding. I mean, like, like, hey, what's so funnier than like, hey, let's give him the best wine last? You know, it's a bit of a prank, or sure. or choosing Peter. I mean, what a joke, right? Or something even more subtle, <laughs> like a sort of divine irony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I well, think no, there's no, no, a no, sense actually, of humor that's like that's like intrinsic to being Christian. Yeah. Well, Chesterton at the end of Orthodoxy. Yeah, I knew. Yeah. Oh, it's brilliant. He's got this whole kind of couple pages going on about there's a reason the humor of Jesus doesn't show up in the Bible because he actually says it's the greatest mystery. He says perhaps the greatest mystery is his mirth, and that this is this is it's so sacred. That it, that the Bible couldn't even talk about it. So we're there to make visible that joy. I mean, Saint. I mean, we, there's so many saints who had a great sense of humor too. And, and I think people. The problem is people kind of translate humor to kind of childishness. Sure. And I don't think that's or the case. reverence or flippancy. Yeah, exactly. Which, yeah. which is admittedly oh, a line that, yeah. like, especially as priests on Twitter, we do always. We're always walking. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know. guess what? Sometimes we're gonna make mistakes, but it's not intentional. And this is the big thing, I guess. It was. I, I remember what I wanted. That being to say said, now. I have not yeah. made any mistakes on Twitter. Never. Just because he's perfect. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, continue. Um, you know yeah, sometimes we're going to make mistakes. We're going to say the wrong thing. But have we caused people to leave the church because of it? Have we caused people to lose confidence in the priesthood of it? I think sometimes we we can um, uh, we can over exaggerate mm-hmm. a mistake to make it seem like it's almost equivalent to murder. Yeah, it's probably just an exaggeration of our own importance. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. But so like, hopefully okay. we're just sort of talking heads on Twitter to you. you yeah, know? exactly. But <laughs> no, 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 no. no. But I'm, I'm just talking about that. I just I see it sometimes like we as a culture today we 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 tend to like to the smallest mistake. Is caught is the cause of the greatest moral outrage, mm-hmm. and so Cardinal George would say, uh, I don't know if he originated it, but he would say often he would say, we live in a culture, a society that we live in a society is what he would say. <laughs> we live in a society. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> we yeah, live yeah. in a culture that uh, what is it? What did he say? He, we live in a culture that permits everything and forgives nothing. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, but we're gonna make, but we we. As priests, we understand the reality. Because like, as confessors, we understand all this stuff. I think we have, a, we have a bit more insight into the human condition this way than a lot of other people do. We hear everything as mm-hmm. priests. When you hear all of that, you start to realize, like, okay, maybe maybe this isn't... Um, you know what? It's a mistake, yeah. But it's not the end of the world. There, there's, it's nothing morally serious. Like, if there's... You know, there's, we, we create... 
like these these small mistakes to be morally serious, and it's not the case. And I think if we can start to kind of habituate ourselves to say, do you know what? Someone made a mistake. I'm going to talk to them about it. And if they have a good head on their shoulder, they're going to apologize or they're going to say, I'm sorry, or whatever. I didn't mean to hurt you or whatever it is. And everyone's going to be okay. And you just move on. Yeah. So what Father Harrison is saying is lighten up people. Yeah. So I have, I have a question. Question. Okay. Um, we've been talking about, you know, the more meany, meaty stuff of, of being Twitter priests or social media people. Ugh, don't call me that. <laughs> can you what, what's a joy? Can everyone any share joy that they've had? Like, has there been like, is there a story or oh, experience the, uh, the because of uh, because of this whole stuff that we do? Every time I log off, <laughs> <laughs> brutal. I'm gonna steal yours. Yeah, mine was the Twitter meetup that I organized. Yeah, are you gonna say that? No, go ahead. Oh, good. Okay, that. I didn't yeah. steal yours. Yeah, I thought that was wonderful to to sort of put out a line. Um, you know, to say, you know, anyone who has engaged with us in this medium, you know, is very welcome to join us. It's extremely open. You know, I had someone at one of um, a reception at the parish um, up in Butler actually come mm -hmm. up to me and say, you know, I noticed, by the way, that you did that. Would I be welcome at an event like that? I said, if you read it on Twitter, you're absolutely welcome yeah. mm -hmm. to our Twitter meetup. It's an extremely open event. You know, and to see the people who came together for that first meetup, that mass, and then we went out for dinner afterwards, just the, the variety, you mm -hmm. know, from everyone from, I mean, actually little children, you know, all the way up until, I hope they're not reading Twitter, though. Yeah, no, <laughs> they came with their parents. Right, exactly. <laughs> right. Parents were the ones on Twitter. <laughs> reading <them> Twitter at <laughs> yeah, night, no. you know. Uh, and then, you know, like these sort of high school students and then up into, you know, sort of large college. body of college students. And then really all ages after that, um, you know, sort of see people come together and then realize that we already knew each other. Yeah. You know, from that sort of interaction and... Just sort of make physical the the communion that we had with each other via social media was making it incarnate. Yes, there's actually something beautiful. The fact that the first thing we did when we first met in real life was we had mass together. Like oh, that yeah. struck me. Like mm. there's just kind of like community of people that's out there on the internet. It can be kind of vague, but we so concretized it when we came together and worshipped. Yeah, and mm. after that we just hung out. There was something like very human about that. Mm. And so that's kind of like the best thing about Twitter for me has been like like actual relationships being, you know, made. And there are people who I do want to meet. And the fact that you guys are here mm -hmm. in, in producer Nick's house and the fact that we've, you know, been hanging out is because of this, you know, social media thing, but we've made it more human and made it more incredible by visiting. Mm -hmm. I think that's, um, it gets us back to real life. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that's been a really good thing. And that, and then the fact that people have said that um, it, one thing I said or another uh, helped them. I was like, oh, good, that's what I want to do. In fact, I gave my life to kind of do that. Yeah, yeah. So the fact that I can do it over this silly website, hey, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. You know, praise God for that. And I think, too, that uh, it's very biblical. It's very scriptural, right? Is it, and maybe it's, it's in one of Pope Francis's last encyclicals or something where he talk, does he talk about Our Lady of the Visitation, basically, like Mary taking this apostolic journey, so to speak, right, to go visit her cousin, um, Everybody's just sort of nodding. So just pretend again. Pretend that this is true. Um, <laughs> if not, I invented it. And I'm it sounds biblical. It sounds really good. So you have that aspect to these kinds of things where it's, okay, it's not just that I have heard a story about something that is going on in somebody else's life, right? Mm -hmm. That's not enough, right? It's not enough to yeah. hear the story and know something, but it doesn't actually become incarnate. It doesn't become concretized until I go make the visitation, mm -hmm. until I go take the journey to make that... Uh, relationship to make that event more real. Right. Yeah. I, I'll speak about, for me, the, the real joy has actually been actually the last two weeks. 
because this whole trip, except for being with the Missionaries of Charity, has been essentially a Twitter meetup. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been awesome. And one thing I've really noticed about all of this is, is I've got two points with that. First, it's it's we we're as Catholics, we have this like sense of communion, like kind of built into us, right? So Twitter is a place that facilitates that in a. I, I use superficial, but not in like the fake sense, but in the sense of like it's surface, right? Yeah. And it's good, and it does good. I mean, again, we, 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 we love that, but we as Catholics recognize we need more than just text communication with each other. We need to be in the physical presence of the other, and that that's what really builds up the communion. And so I, I think that this desire for all of us to want to get together actually speaks to our Catholicity in a way, yeah, yeah, uh, this nice. desire for communion. The second point... And for me, like the real joy, though, of these last two weeks, I'm thinking actually in the context of the crisis over the last few months, I've been still invited into people's houses Mm -hmm. to stay with them and their families. Mm -hmm. The trust of the people of God in all of this has been just, and they even recognize it too, right? Like, yeah, here's a guy I actually have never met in real life. Can I trust him, et cetera? But we we make that act of trust in each other to try and and move forward that for me, it's been a real sense of like, like, on the grassroots level, the church is actually in a really good place. Yeah. And for me, Twitter has really been a great way for helping me to see that. I mean, you, you see the crap and you see the the junk online sometimes, but it, you know, at the heart of it all, we're all just trying to be good Catholics who want to love Jesus and His Church, and we're trying our best at that. And I think that's an amazing. And Twitter's been a great way to see that. Excellent. So, so we would be remiss if we didn't leave you with. Our very best. Yeah, we would be remiss if we didn't leave you with our very best and most popular of ours, all segments. Are you ready for this? The Summa Tweetologica. Summa Tweetologica. Summa Tweetologica. Summa Tweetologica. Summa Tweetologica. for the end of the show. <laughs> no, that's, that's, that was a sewage reological. So basically, you're welcome. <laughs> so getting into the tweets. Get into the tweets. Why don't we have one of our guests read the first tweet that you want to tweet a logica about? Father Dan, Father Dan, who wants to go first? Father Dan should go first. Yeah, I'm going to read one of my own tweets. Yeah, do it. Obviously. Uh, which was at yesterday uh, evening. Let me pull up the date here. On October 11th, 2018 at 10.08 p.m., I tweeted, <laughs> I have cleansed my drafts folder in order to advance towards salvation. Beautiful, beautiful. So for those who aren't so into the whole tweeting thing, and listen, the drafts folder is where you start typing out a tweet, but you're like, yeah, maybe I'll come back to it later. It's a draft, right? So the fact that Father Dan cleansed his draft folder is a big deal. The draft folder for me is the things that I start to tweet and then I think to myself, wait a second, should I really tweet this? See, but you, you see, and then I don't. You're <laughs> introverted, right? So you think before you talk, right? Yes. You see, well, I, I'm, the, I'm the opposite. <laughs> I like, I have, I put it out there. I'm like, oh, I should not have put that out there. I, I, I think about it after I've done it. So like, I never use drafts ever. There's also the technique where you use your drafts in order to um, actually build up a reserve of great tweets 
that you know are fantastic. But I'm going to just write... Just squander but here's, them no, no, but here's the, the thing. I'm just going to write great tweets every day. Oh. Oh. Oh, no. so, so, like, I, so the perfectionist in me, I, I never use a draft folder because I, I'll start writing out and I'm like, that's stupid. It must be deleted forever. Or that was way too angry. It must be gone from the universe. So that's how I use my draft folder. See, the draft folder was far more important back when you only had 140 characters. That's true. Uh, you had to figure out yeah. how can I get this across in the punchiest way possible. Right. Yeah. But the other thing that you can, that I do now at least, uh, sometimes you know you workshop the tweets in the group DM, you workshop it in the priest DM. Sometimes I have people that I rely on and I ask them. Uh, I send it out at my draft and I say, can I tweet this? Your pastoral counsel, basically. And some people will say, uh, no, absolutely not. And some people, mostly uh, my large adult son, John, Bearded Blevins, <laughs> will say, yes, absolutely. Now, whenever you give us a tweet to workshop, I automatically say, tweet it. Just, do I mean, it. just, just go for it. I never actually read it. <laughs> I just, I just say yes, it. just do it. Oh, Delicate the effect does not read any of the tweets. <laughs> <laughs> I will always a draft for this. When I'm like, you know what? I'm sure I misspelled something, and I'll Google the spelling of like a very common word. Because even though I am an English major from Duquesne University of the Holy Spirit, I can't spell at all. So that's what I'll use it for. Cool. All right, who's up next? Well, I, I got, I got, I'm ready to go. Go for it. All right, uh, Bro Postle and I were uh, Ethan Stweve. Uh, I know, it's like, it sounds like, I hate to say it's Ethan, it kind of sounds like Dweeb, you know? It's no, like his Ethan. name is Stevie. But it's no, 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 it's Dweeb. It's Dweeb. Dweeb. Yeah. No, it's pronounced Stevie. It's definitely Dweeb. It's Dweeb. I literally met with the guy in person. Well, you must have heard him. Because when I, when I talked to him, that happened in real life, he said Dweeb, so. Anyway, <laughs> we were DMing about something, and I told him if he tweeted this, I would totally bring it up on the podcast. All right. Vatican. Hey, Italian teens. Come perform it. Send it for us. <laughs> Teens, uh, we'd rather talk about the state of the church. Vatican, can any of you break dance? Teens, yeah, Vincent's okay, but we'd really rather Vatican. All right, Vincent is up. Thanks for dialoguing with us. <laughs> so real quick, let's make things up. There was an Irish priest, great Irish priest uh, that would help out my parish, and my dad's name is Dominic. But all the Irish priest could remember was that my dad was Italian, and he just always called him Vince, and That's it drove awesome. my dad crazy. So the fact that he even picked, like, what's an Italian name? Vincent. I really appreciated that. That's awesome. So the tweets about, if you may have seen that, uh, they always, I, I, I get it. At synods, they usually have cultural events, and people share talents uh, at these cultural events. But uh, there was some breakdancing, popping, locking, whatever. It was going on. It was Would dumb. You say, were there any juke jams? <laughs> juke jam. <laughs> <laughs> this is nothing against the kids who did that. It's fine. It's just, but there was this it's, awkward it's, video yes. of the bishops kind of awkwardly clapping out of sync. Yeah. And, and you know what the problem with that is? Is that pretty much all those bishops, uh, no offense, were white, and white people cannot clap except for on the one and the three, which is wrong and should be illegal in canon law. Amen. Change it. Okay. Two and four. It should be two and four, and they were way off. There we go. But here's the other thing. So, I mean, some people were getting really, really reactionary, but it was just, it wasn't the best dancing I've ever seen. Well, I'm sorry. Can you break dance or pop and lock? I can dance. Let's see it right now. No. Let's not. I got nowhere to do it. Uh -huh. okay. People can't see. Pe people on Twitter know I can dance. What I'm hearing is a lot of excuses. And I'm not <laughs> uh, I mean, no, it means you don't read all my tweets because I've posted video of me dancing before. Well, let's well, look for that. Searches for. That's Anyways, <laughs> so, but he's trying to get to this point that maybe, you know, they kind of bring them in for what they think we want, Ugh. but they're not actually pulling us in for what we really want. 
And I think the tweet kind of brings out, I think, a real discussion about that. I mean, no, we're not talking about yes or no, should be, there be a sin at all. We're just saying that... <laughs> Father Alec and I just looked at each other like, maybe we should talk about that. Maybe we shouldn't. Maybe we have too many meetings. Uh, I'm sorry, we... everyone. Producer Nick has shown us that we're just... <laughs> that is, uh, what are we at? Like, we're getting way too controversial. Two, two, three hours. But it felt, the video felt a little patronizing, didn't it? it totally. Right? Totally. Because, you know, Father Harrison's pretty old, but the rest of us are young people. And, like, that's, like, that's... <laughs> Father Dad's, like, like, what, a year or two younger than can't, me? Can't you be spending your time better than, like, this, whatever this is? So... I mean... They, they have, but they, they, I get it, they have cultural events, but it just felt it was, this is what we think young people it's like. It's a little try hard. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's, that's the, um, I, I, I learned that word on Twitter. It's a great word. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. So moving on, this is from Riley, at Riley McCatholic, and this caused a big stir, big stir. And she says, in all caps, saints don't hit the snooze button, folks. And I thought that was excellent. Excellent advice. Also proof that I am nowhere near sainthood. Father like, Alec, we don't, it's not Facebook Live. Father Alec is my, shocked. My mouth is hanging open and, no, I, I'm at, I mean, that's sort of similar to St. Jose Maria Escrivaz. Yeah. Of the heroic minute, so. So, I mean, Saint Jose. I think there's something about the first moments when you wake up, at least for me, I'll speak from my experience, very much dictate how the rest of my day goes. If I wake up and actually get up right away and pray or do my first task, whatever it is, then I will, the rest of my day is better. And uh, producer Nick, what, what's going on? What's going on there, producer Nick? You can come over here and talk if you want to. <laughs> now I'm like, okay, whatever, never mind. We can put the mic in front of him, actually. Yeah. Here we go, here we go. No, 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 let's give him the mic. Yeah. Tell us. Welcome, so producer Nick. Use your I've, words. I've been live uh, tweeting, and I live tweeted a picture of, of all of you guys together, and I used one of those panoramic uh, photos, but you were moving in the panoramic. <laughs> And I think this is so funny. Someone took a screenshot <laughs> saying, Father Sharapa, you might want to get this checked out. And it's a picture of his hand up close, and it's, it's totally disfigured. <laughs> okay, no, that's, I've got like, oh, it's, it's my so fingers are broken. You'd have to follow I don't thing. feel so yeah. good. Okay, we'll, we'll post that at, at Clerical Pod for yes. context later. So, anyways, so you're talking about your morning. Yeah. Before we are rudely right, interrupted. Right, right. And it's, it's, you know, it's definitely going to be different for married people and people with kids. Okay, yes. This spiritual advice isn't for everyone, but particularly for single people and in general, I think it's really good advice. It's I think it's solid, so, basic yes, Catholic advice. Yes, you're, you're a morning person. I am not a morning person. Wait, you sorry. take that back no. right now. No. All right, <laughs> testimony. Okay. Let me Silence, silence. Not at all a morning. <laughs> okay, let me rephrase this. But you go to bed at a reasonable hour. No. Yes, you do. You go to bed at, you, well, what's the reason, when, when do you usually go to bed? Uh, I try to go to bed by 10, but it ends up yeah. being 11. Oh. That's, that's early. That's, that's early. That's, that's really but early. I need like 10 hours of sleep. That's I'm very really offended. early. Very offended. I go to bed. You're not really like a See, Father Alec and I person. probably get each other a bit more. I'm like more. a cat. I need like Father hours. Alec, you're a night person, right? Oh, for sure. I'm a night person, too. People are regularly like, Father, why are you awake at 2.30 in the morning? Yeah. <laughs> why now, are you tweeting I, I am older than Father Alex, so with age comes, you can't, the 2.30s are a little tough for me now. But I'm usually up till I'm usually go to bed like I'm usually trying to fall asleep around one one thirty. Wow. Because and I but so when the alarm goes off, I have a totally different reaction. I want to throw my phone across the room. Oh yeah. 
But like I don't, so I don't use the snooze button because I just set multiple alarms to ensure that I don't fall back asleep. And, and it works. I usually actually don't need those multiple alarms. But it takes me a long time to, like, I actually don't feel awake until about noon, one o'clock. I never feel awake. So. <laughs> I've never been awake in my life. <laughs> those are murderous eyes I just saw in my direction. Father Dan, do you want a last word on the snooze button tweets or are you good? Uh... Goals. Hashtag goals. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Good, 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 good. All right. I think, Father Alec, I think you're up. Yeah, so I chose, um, I, I guess it's sort of a more serious tweet, but it was um, it was a tweet by, uh, by uh, Trim uh, at Nemo Stultum, uh, and it's on... Is that, uh, is that a Latin? Yeah. What's that a Latin for? That means um, Nemo Stultum oh, means no. actually no one, no <laughs> one's stupid. Oh. It doesn't mean finding Nemo. I mean, so you could either, uh, you know, supply the the copulative um, like verb there and say no one is stupid, <laughs> or it could mean no one stupid, as in I'm not anyone stupid. Uh, Nerd. Hey, I don't know how to parse the sentence. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, continue. Yeah. So they just tweeted this. It must have been from a spiritual book that they were reading, but it, it really spoke to me, and I thought like I could preach multiple homilies on this. Ooh. You know, like this is a really great sentiment, and particularly for Twitter. So this is the quote, uh, and this co sort of comes in the middle of something, so you have to supply the context, but the same humble self-deprecation was evident in their attitude to extraordinary gifts of prayer. Here they're talking about the Desert Fathers. Oh. They had very little to say about visions and wonders and indeed rejected them outright. The devil appeared to a monk disguised as an angel of light and said to him, I am the angel Gabriel and I have been sent to you. But the monk said, are you sure you weren't sent to someone else? I'm not worthy to have an angel sent to me. At that, the devil vanished. <laughs> That's, That's amazing! Because I'd be like, what's up, angel? Yeah, because we can so often like sort of find ourselves in like a spiritual arrogance mm -hmm. or like a spiritual over-seriousness that you would think like, oh, finally, uh, God has sent to me the angel that I've been looking for. Like, here is the angel that's going to guide me on the way of salvation. But it's your own arrogance that makes you think that you would even be worthy of such a thing. Mm -hmm. yeah. that, that your spiritual life is so remarkable that God is going to be sending down, you know, his messengers to guide you, you know, in some sort of extraordinary revelation. I love that. Well, it's, like, it's like Mary's re response to Gabriel, right? How could this be? Like, like, hey. like, why, why would you Who come to I? me? Who am Who I? Am I? Right? Yeah, yes. yeah, exactly. It's the same thing. While, while um, uh, Zachariah doesn't quite have that response. Right, exactly. Right, he's got the opposite response. He's got the more prideful response. Or I would have been like, oh, you realize I have 11,000 followers. Of course you were sent to me, right? <laughs> <laughs> You're a fan of the tweets, aren't you? All, all, the guardian, all their guardian angels are talking to you about me, aren't they? Exactly. <laughs> I would say that God has already sent his angels to me, and it's each one of you. And <laughs> the podcast. Even producer Nick was sickened, sickened by that saccharine sentiment. Brother, as you know, um, angels are pure spirits, but we, however, are both matter and spirit. Oh, well, but then now you are. So there's some Thomistic life. theology to just dowels what you just said. <laughs> are you telling me my dog isn't going to go to heaven? <laughs> <laughs> what minute mark are we in right now? Let's, let's dive into right, this. Right, right. Are we going to jump into this? <laughs> yeah. No, no, we're saying no, 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 no. Strong no. no Hard pass. Okay. So, you know what? We've... I feel a little bit indignant because we've been getting some tweets at our podcast, people saying that the fact that we tag Tommy Ty and that we have him in every 
Uh, they he, say we're going to be his guests. They think it's a ruse. They think it's right. a joke. He's actually here. He is actually here. Like he he flew here. We we've had we told him it's a priest podcast, so he can't actually talk. He's been respectively silent. But yeah, you know, as a lady. he we we kept the chair like Elijah for him, and he came in and he's yeah. been sitting there quietly. And uh, so Tommy, how's it going? Oh man, I'm just so excited to finally be on with you guys. I know a lot of people have been asking if I'm ever going to come on because I keep getting mentioned, and now I'm so excited to get to spread the good news of. And we're out of time. Oh, that's sorry, awkward. Tommy. We knew you flew out here all the way, but you're just gonna have to. Well, we'll get you on Skype next week. Yeah, we, we, we get promise. You on Skype next week, it'll be. We're looking to hang out with you. I know. Listen, Tommy, chill. Tommy, you're muted. So you're just muted. Just relax. Don't bother. Okay, good. So thanks uh, to Father Dan and to Father Alec for coming on our show today. Thanks it's to the, Father Anthony. And <laughs> you, I said our show. Like I, 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 you are included in the hour. Nah. So I'm at Fr Harrison. I'm at Father Sharapa. Go ahead, guys. At Shrank. That's S C H R E N K. <laughs> and I'm at Fr Rocket Dan. And you can find our podcast at Clerical Pod on Twitter. You can uh, download us on Apple iTunes, Google Play, uh, all these. No. Uh, you, those are the big ones. We're working on some other ones. Uh, please leave a review on those, those streaming services. You can email us, clericallyspeaking at gmail.com. Uh, share this with friends. Yes. <laughs> Which we have none because we don't want a Patreon. Thanks a lot, Father Ro- Father Dan. Father Rocket Dan. Father Rocket Dan. <laughs> Rocket Dan. All right, guys. Peace. Peace. God bless you.